0: Welcome to A String of Pearls, a thematic flow of Qur'an by Ikna sisters. Today we will cover Surah An'am and Surah Al-Araf. Both of these surahs are Makkan surah. So their topics and subject matter are quite different from all the previous surahs which were all Madani Surah. Surah Baqra, Al-Imran, Nisa and Maida. They all were Madani Surahs and in Madani Surahs Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala usually gives us commandments how to live life in Islamic society. While in Makkan Surahs we see that the discussion revolves around Aqeedah, belief system. Believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala believe in Prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and believe in the Day of Judgment that means preparation for the meeting of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are called Tawheed, Risalat and Akhirah, which are the basic themes of all Makkan Surahs. But specifically in Surah An'am and Surah Araf we see that all those people are discussed who denied the message of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But still we see that there is a connection between Surah Maida and Surah An'am. In Surah Maida, we discussed the secularism of Christians and Jews and that they did not want to live by the divine, legal and moral laws given to them by Allah. Here in Surah An'am, we will see that how the Mushrikeen of Makkah were also denying the message, Surah An'am is connected with Surah Al-Araf in such a way that in Surah Anam there is a brief mention of those nations that were destroyed by the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but in Surah Al-Araf the complete annihilation of six nations is discussed in detail the main subject matter of Surah Anam is Tawheed that is one Allah he is the creator he is the caregiver owner and lawgiver and no one has the authority to change his laws he is the real master and no one can be made arbitrator except him and that is why only he is the authority to make anything into halal or haram which is allowed or not allowed and despite of having this complete authority over everything Allah is merciful he has made mercy incumbent upon him that's why if someone does something wrong out of ignorance and then thereafter repents and mends by his ways with Allah, Allah forgives them. Allah's mercy is boundless and that's why He gives ten times or more rewards of one good deed. Since Allah is so merciful, He has sent Quran towards human beings so that they would follow the right path and then live happily and peacefully in both the worlds. The surah begins with the introduction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah is the creator of everything and especially it is mentioned that Allah has created everything that is opposite which basically means that everything literally everything is created by one creator and he has the perfect knowledge and that is why he has created everything but the disbelievers always associate creation with the creator. Some of the nations in the past, they have associated partners with Allah just because they said that we love Allah so much that we can never say that anything that is bad, for example, any illness or any pain or anything that is wrong or does not feel good, that that cannot be created by Allah. And because of that, they invented another god. And that God was supposed to be the God who has created all the bad things in the world. But then after that, there was no stopping. And then people started adding more gods for every little thing. But Islam is very specific that Allah is the creator of everything. The people who reject Allah's total authority also object against the prophethood of Rasulullah ﷺ. And they always say, why is he a human? why is he not an angel why is he not immortal etc etc allah has given these people universal proof of his total authority and we see in ayah 38 the translation of ayah 38 is this that and there is not an animal moving in the earth nor a bird flying on its wing but that they are nation like you we have left out nothing in this book and then towards their lord they will be raised. Another argument is from their own beings and also historical arguments, which means there are three different types of arguments or proofs that Allah has given to human beings. One is in the nature. Look around yourself and you will find and you will see that Allah is the total authority. Look in at yourself. Look at your physical being. Look at the way you decide things. Things that happen to you. You want something else and then something else happens. That is a proof that there is someone who is controlling you. And also look back at history. Where are those people who used to claim that they are the masters of the world? Who are the most powerful? What happened to them? So the history, the atmosphere, the society, the plants, the trees and our own selves. Everything is a proof that there is one God. But nations whose hearts are hardened, they do not understand that. So Allah tests those people through miseries in the beginning, so that they come to their senses. But then if they do not turn around, then Allah gives them prosperity. And then in that prosperity, They lose everything. They think that they are successful because they are the ones who are in in charge of everything. And because of this arrogance, finally, they are destroyed. Furthermore, in Surah Anam, we see that the Surah discusses and debates with the idol worshippers of Makkah because they have rejected the message of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam they are reminded about Ibrahim, a.s. how he gave up his ancestral creed of shirk and started following Tawheed. Although he was the one and only person at that time who used to believe in one God, the whole community, including his own family, were idol worshippers, but he alone decided to go on the path of Tawheed, that is oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he is mentioned to remind people of Makkah about oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not only Ibrahim alayhi salam but the names of 17 prophets has been mentioned in this surah to tell people about all of these Ambiya, all of these prophets they were sent towards these their people for this sake of teaching them oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the name of Ishaq alayhi salam Yaqub alayhi salam Nuh alayhi salam then Daoud, Suleiman, Ayub, Yusuf, Musa, Harun, Zakaria, Yahya, Isa, Elias, Ismail, al Yasa, Yunus, and Luth alayhimus salam. All of them, all of these prophets, they came with the same message that everybody should believe and worship one God. After mentioning all of these Ambiya, logical proofs of tawhid are also given that Allah has the total authority to give and take life. He controls the rotation of the sun and moon. He is the one who allows the fruits and vegetables to grow by sending rain. But despite of this fact, Makkans used to associate jinns or angels with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And specifically angels, they used to call angels the daughters of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Nauzubillah. So the rational argument is given that if Allah has no wife, how come he has daughters? Moving forward, we see that shirk in legislation is discussed, which means the authority that somebody can give laws, it is also not allowed in Islam. And wasallam has been made to declare that he cannot accept anyone other than Allah as his arbitrator and legislator. Quraish knew and understood everything, but the reason they were rejecting the truth was because of their arrogance. So the leadership of Quraish has been warned that if they persist in this way, they will have to face the consequences of their action in both worlds. In this world, we all have freedom of choice, and that's why... They not only do wrong themselves, but both humans and jinns misguide each other too. While the rule is that reward and punishment depends upon the correct or incorrect use of freedom of choice. Towards the end of Surah An- uh, Anam, all those innovations of Quraish have been mentioned, which were the shirk in legislations. They used to have fixed share in their cattle and... Fixed share for partners of Allah. They used to kill their children. They had self-made laws regarding haram and halal. They have become the lawgiver themselves. They are asked to leave this lifestyle and should live the life as prescribed by Allah. The surah ends with the summary of the invitation of Tawheed that is the final guidance has come. If people follow these guidelines, they will be shown mercy. In the very end of Surah Anam, Ayah 162, the translation is, Say undoubtedly, my prayers and my sacrifices, my living and my dying, are all for Allah, the Lord of all the creation. I have been commanded that He has no partner and I am the first Muslim. This is what is expected from the believers. This is what the main topic of Surah Al Anam, and then now we move to Surah Al Araf. Surah Araf is also a Makkan surah. The central theme is very much related with Surah Anam. In Surah Anam, we have seen that warnings are given to those who choose to reject the path prescribed by Allah. Here in Surah Araf, we will see the stories of six of those nations who rejected the truth, and that's why they had to face the consequences of their choices. This is a law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He substitutes nations once they fail to fulfill their responsibility. The story of the six nations from the past is told so that the people may learn a lesson. When this surah was revealed, the disbelievers in Makkah were planning to kill Rasulullah. That's why these stories were told to them so that they may take heed and learn some lesson. It is said in this surah Walikulli Ummatin Ajal which means that for every nation there is a fixed term. That means an appointed time for the death of a nation which cannot be increased or decreased. And this law is explained in the surah that Allah annihilates the nations with regular intervals after giving them respite and then save good people and then bring another nation in the test field for leadership. Surah Araf is one of those surahs in which the story of Adam a.s. and Iblis is also described in detail. That how Iblis refused to prostrate because he thought he was better than Adam a.s. and that's what he said. That I am better than he. Allah has created me from fire and you from clay. Why do I prostrate? And this strategy of shaitan that he used with Adam a.s. and his progeny is that he creates doubts in the mind of the people. And then he comes and he swears that he is the advisor and the well-wisher and same is the case that was happened with Adam alayhi salam that when he ate the forbidden fruit after that he realized that he made a mistake because shaitan came to him and he told him that if you eat this fruit something good will happen to you but when Adam alayhi salam made a mistake he asked Allah to forgive him and Allah forgave him when shaitan made a mistake he became arrogant and he did not ask for forgiveness. Adam made a dua, which is in Ayah 23. The translation is, Our Lord, we have wronged ourselves. If you do not forgive us and have mercy upon us, then surely we are of the losers. Both Adam and Iblis were given freedom of choice. They both made mistakes, but Adam repented while Iblis insisted that he is right. And this is his way of deceiving people. He makes them into thinking that they are right and that's why they don't listen to the prophets of their own time. People who listen to prophets will be forgiven and given rewards on the day of judgment. Those who disobey will be punished, but there will be some people on the day of judgment whose good and bad deeds will be equal. They will be waiting for the final decision. These people are called Ashabul Araf, the people of Araf. These people will wait, but eventually their fate will be decided. We see the six nations that are mentioned in Surah Araf. First nation is the people of Nu alayhi salam, around 3500 BC. Their response towards the call of Nu alayhi salam was that, we consider you as a misguided person. Whatever you are telling us is wrong. What happened to his people? They all drowned. Then came the nation of Hud. They came after Nu, 3000 BC. These people called Hud a foolish and a liar. They persisted that they will follow the lifestyle of their forefathers, they were also destroyed the third story is about people of samud 2800 years bc people who were saved from the nation of hud salam are the people of samud gradually they also forgot their ways allah sent salih salam towards these people they disobeyed him and they asked salih salam to show them a sign a miracle as a proof that he is a prophet of God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed them a sign. A she camel came out of a mountain. But the condition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whenever He shows a miracle, is that after the miracle is shown, there is no going back. These people knew it very well, but when this she camel was shown to them, eventually they killed the camel, which was the miracle of Allah. These people were also killed by the earthquake. The fourth story, people of Luth, salam, 2100 years BC. These people were homosexuals. They were also destroyed. Even the wife of Luth salam was punished because she used to support the sins of the people of the community. The fifth story is Shoaib salam, 1300 years BC. Shoaib alayhi salam invited people of Madian towards oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His people's crime, apart from disbelief in Allah, was that they used to cheat in weights and measures. They used to cheat in trading and they used to create mischief in the earth and highway robbery. These people were also destroyed by earthquake in such a way that as if they have never lived in that place. Sixth story, Musa alayhi salam. Musa salam invited Pharaoh towards oneness of Allah and asked him to let Bani Israel go with him. Pharaoh demanded that I want to see the signs. Allah showed miracles at the hands of Musa A.S. but Pharaoh did not believe and eventually he was also drowned. After these six stories, the surah concludes with the mention of the six-point agenda of the mission of the life of Rasulullah Number 1. Enjoying good Number two, forbidding evil. Number three, making pure things halal. Number four, making impure haram. Number five, freeing the man from the burden of false creeds. And number six, delivering them from the traps of social and economic injustice and exploitation. All of these stories that we see in Surah are for one reason the reason is that we the people who are alive today who are reading this book we can understand and remember the purpose of our creation and the purpose of our creation is not something that is described to us through Quran for the first time when all of us were not even born we had a gathering, our souls were together and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked all of us that if we believe in him or if we respect him and will we listen to him? And it is mentioned in Surah Al-Araf. And remember when your Lord brought forth the generations from the backs of the descendants of Adam alayhis and made them their own witness and asked them, Am I not your Lord? They all said, Yes, surely you are. Why not? We testify. For you may say on the day of resurrection that we were unaware of this. Ending of the surah reminds us that we all have made a promise with Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us that we live by it. Amin. Subhanak Allahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu Allah ilaha illa ant. astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. والأسر إن الإنسان لا خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواسوا بالحق وتواسوا بالصبر.